Hello, traveler. Please, have a seat while I tell you the tale of the Prismatic Guard. Starring Abby O'Neill as the combustible and often confused tiefling alchemist, Flint Therai. Jason Hops as the old veteran, Robarth Mirax, a dragonborn warlock with a mysterious patron. Jerry Evans as an affable historian, the halfling bard, Roscoe Suitfoot. And Ashley McLean as the carefree but determined Ottervoke Samurai, Margo. Hosted by Eli Royal, join us on a tale of a world still recovering from a great war that changed everything. Hello, you are listening to Prismatic Guard, a We Play RPGs production. I am your host. Eli, glamper, dog owner, baby bunny saver, Eli Royal, and I am joined by... Hi, I'm Abby, and I play Flint. I'm Jason, and I play Roboth Mirax. I'm Ashley, and I play Margot Yabat. And you might notice that we do not have Jerry here today. Her own projects mean that she can no longer be a part of the show with us and we are really excited for her and we hope you're excited for her too um but speaking of projects this project has sponsors how dare you what you didn't like the trumpet sound I'm, i can make not even a little bit oh fight me i, it was I worked so hard on it <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Metallic Dice Games. Like the name implies, they sell dice. Um, they have some beautiful metal dice. I have a set that are purple enamel, but the edges of the die and the numbers are gold-plated. Mm. And they're very pretty. They're some of my favorite dice. Uh, every time I use them in my dice tower, I'm afraid that they're going to shatter the, uh, I don't know, particle board, whatever this dice tower is made of. Which means I should probably get one of their dice towers. That's right. They sell dice towers. They're very pretty and felt, and they're soft. Yes. So they're kind to the gemstone dice that they have. Yes, they also have gemstone dice, which I haven't been able to use in a little while because I thought I noticed a little extra imperfection in my amethyst dice. Uh, real amethyst. And whether that was an actual additional imperfection or not is ir irrelevant <laughs> because they are far too pretty for me to break. I've been using the emerald and the rainbow fluorite uh, dice pretty much exclusively for the entirety of this podcast. So, you know, I I don't use their gemstone dice per se, but I do use some of their res resin dice, which is um, very pretty. My favorite resin set so far is has purple numbers and has gold flakes in it it's very pretty what i haven't seen <sighs> i need to see a picture of this sometime well the thing is ashley is that if you go to metallicdicegames.com mm -hmm. and use the coupon code play it forward you'll get 10 percent off those dice yeah and, and i can send you anything link. else you order mm. and speaking of 10 percent off this episode is also brought to you by found familiar coffee I recently signed up for one of their subscriptions where you can basically be like, hey, I'm going to drink all this coffee in a week, you know, so every week they mail out another bag. 
or you go, or like for me, I'm only really going to be drinking the coffee. Like I'm going to run out about every month. Uh, and I had a, a cup of the face step earlier. Very, very good. And as the name implies, uh, face step is a D and D themed name. All of the coffee are named after like D and D things, uh, initiative, spare the dying, Knowles blend, uh, or regular Knoll rather, all that stuff. And the artwork on each bag is fantasy themed. My bag of goodberry came today, and it has this cool image of a fearbolg plucking a peach out of a tree, and it has this very like old religious text kind of style to it that I really dig. And if you go to foundfamiliar.com and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD, you will get 10% off of each individual bag you buy. Yes. Coffee. Yes. And this episode is also brought to you by me. For anyone who doesn't know, I make dope-ass cosplay props. And if you go to royalartisanprops.com, you will find links to uh, my Etsy store. And then pick out what you like. I even have some patterns so you can make things yourself. And go ahead and use the coupon code LISTENER for 10% off. Now, when we last left off, you guys had gotten home. Uh, Rovarth had a fight with Sergeant Wen. Um, The children were ecstatic to see you. Um, nobody was particularly, to put it lightly, Margot, Flint, Roworth, no one was happy with Roscoe's actions previously. But today, we're going to go ahead and do a little full improv session. And we are going to start with Rovarth. Rovarth, it's been a few days. Um, Roscoe said that he had to go deal with some business and left, and you haven't seen him since. Okay. Um, he also is not responding on his message stone. Because I would have tried to send some messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine you still, you're not really worried about his safety. Nah, Roscoe's terrifying. We're all terrifying. Yeah, like, you're all 15th level adventurers. <laughs> and in those few days... Um, if you've gone to see Sergeant Wen, she has been a little bit distant. She has, she's not outright ignoring you or anything like that, but she's clearly, your passive insight is 10. You know she needs space. Yeah. Uh, well, on that front, I'm going to wait until things calm down with her, and then I'll try and make it up to her. Well, I would say probably the last time you tried to, like, fix things was a few days ago. Um, so we are, I believe it is the summertime. Mm-hmm. So the city is very hot and very alive. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the kids and I'm going to give them the hopefully now cleansed uh, wooden Rubik's Cube, essentially, uh, <laughs> that we found and unleashed a something out of. 
and I would give it to them as a present. Um, I, I think specifically for Amir. Um, yeah. Um, Amir is very happy to get it. Uh, he is... He's a little bit incapable of using it. It's just a little bit too small for him. Uh, he does have these big, huge, meaty claw hands. Aww. He's got sausage fingers. It'll teach him fine dexterity. <laughs> yeah, and, and Kieran's happy to play with it with him, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, as far as you know, whatever fey creature was stuck in there is just gone now. Yeah, I think we'd we'd come to that conclusion previously, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to mark that off my sheet. And then, where does Wen normally hang out? What position has she taken for her own within the house? Um, she has not been coming back to the house. Oh. Uh, she has never actually... She, she hasn't officially moved in, even though she clearly spent more time here than in her apartment. Um, she was still paying rent on her apartment. Okay, well then I will mail her, I suppose, uh, the iron bird skull, or the bird skull with an iron nail through it, with a little letter that says, hey, I know this is kind of weird and all, but it was the best souvenir I could find, and, uh, you know, whenever, whenever you're ready, I'm here. All right. Um... I I love R- Rovarth's just the weird kid at the, at the playground like I found this and it made me think of you. <laughs> it's just a bird skull with a nail through it. It's just such a weird I still, thing. I love it. I love it. You're just weird. It's it's <laughs> Yeah, that's what I love about it. So yeah, you you do that and while you're waiting what what kind of things are you getting into ooh um that's a really good question i would say you said it was really hot outside mhm are there any fun summertime activities to participate in hmm let me see i don't think that there are any holidays uh, around this time. Now, you can tell me, too. I'm happy to yes and... Well, I was thinking uh, of, like... I know there's not a lot of water. Like, is there, like, a like a river or, like, a stream or somewhere? Well, I mean, there is the underground wiv- river. Like, there is um, a lot of more or less uh, indoor plumbing in uh, Seoul. Uh, the the hill giants that used to live here had created a lot of pump systems for the, the river that runs underneath the city. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Rovarth gets a bunch of people together and gets an outdoor pool for us. All right. How much what? money is like, that going to It can cost? be as simple as a giant container filled with water. Oh my god, I love this so much. Like, but that's what I'm going to work on is getting a pool set up for us. So that way when it's insufferably hot outside, we can just chill in the pool. All right. And Amir can belly flop in it. 
It has to be big enough for a mirror. We have to make sure you taking get into on it. my my experience from from some of the reconstruction after the war. That's what I'm gonna do. Aww. All right, I want you. Um, you are not. Tr- no, you're not trained in any like woodworking tools or anything. <laughs> like Absolutely that, right? not. Most of what I did was delivering materials. Cool. I want you to make an untrained dexterity check for me. Awesome. It's going to be amazing or amazingly bad. One of the two. Either way, we're going to laugh. It's just what what he would do. Uh, okay, so dexterity check. That's a plus two. So that's a nine. Okay. You build what Flint might describe as full of nails. Wooden circular pool you basically dig a hole in the ground and like shove a bunch of boards in there and like it like you you make a fence got around this hole in the ground that you have dug got it and start just pouring water into it and by the time you're done and you're exhausted this thing has taken easily 16 hours and what you have is a muddy pond a three-foot-deep muddy pond. Flint walks out of his um, his shed and just kind of looks at it and goes, I-, I don't think this is what you intended. Kieran and Amir fucking love it. Of course they do. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> because they're babies and they're playing in the mud. <laughs> Flint just looks at Rovarth and goes, you're in charge of making sure... They get a bath tonight. Oh, don't worry. As I stare at the window that freaking Rawl and friends broke that we've had replaced. <laughs> Speaking of, you do look over and Rawl is, he's not naked. He has his underwear on. <laughs> but his dirty, ragged clothes are neatly folded up on the edge of this mud bath. And he's just like lounging. Um, you do notice he has like a real fancy sword now, and he's still wearing these like br- these what clearly magical bracers. Robert's just gonna look at him and go, "I'm not gonna question it. Just uh, just don't bring mud in the house." <laughs> Flint pops his head out out of the back door and goes, "Hey, Roll, you want a drink?" Hell yeah! Cool. I bring him. Oh wait, kids. Fuck yeah. Wait. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Sure. Just roll my eyes. Just roll my eyes and move on. Pretend uh, I didn't see anything. That's so great. I mm. Um. Now another thing you know about, because I have decided it is Kugmonth, which is uh, the sixth month of the year. There is a holiday celebrated in the Wall, uh, primarily. Uh, called Arshmuk. And it is a Kugmerk, the the god of kobolds. He shows up wearing, you know, real thick glasses he doesn't need and suspenders for no reason, a weird wool cap no matter what the weather. Uh, (laughs) Arshmuk is a celebration of uh, artisanal achievement, making things. And it is a one-day festival and it, it, the day is not specific. It's just at some point in the month, 
in the sixth month of the year is when this is held, because no one actually knows when Kugmerk rose to divinity. Uh, but that's what it's supposed to celebrate. And you know, because you went, you know, part of your platoon, there were some kobolds in there, and Arshmak, if you can make it, is a fun party to go to, because kobolds don't really throw parties. <laughs> For the, Like, in, in kobold religion, there's not a lot of frivolity. So when they get the chance to go buck wild, they go buck wild. <laughs> hey, Flint Margo, you want to go to a crazy party? Uh, always, Flint yes. Flint leans out of the kitchen and goes, what type of party? Oh, uh, well, they're having their, the kobolds in the wall are having the cook, the, you said cookmark? Arshmuck. Arshmuck. Is the, the holiday. Arshmuck's the holiday. They're having their Arshmuck uh, holiday this month yes let's go um and if you want you can make <laughs> either a history or religion check to see like how much you really know about it or just assume you know it. i don't care um i don't think rovarth pays too much attention to that necessarily um i rolled a, a 19 on history to see if i know what that is and flint when you mentioned arshmak flint goes "Ooh, i am very interested um, yeah, I mean, you know that it's about Kugmerk, and Kugmerk, uh, much like, um, uh, now I can't remember her name. Uh, Grimble, the... Grimble Emberstone? Yes, thank you. Um, they are both artisan gods. They're gods of making. Grimble is a little bit more on the artistic side of things, and Kugmerk is a little bit more on the utilitarian side of things. But you know that this is where all of these artisans in the Cobalt community and other communities, you don't, you know, doesn't have to be Cobalt, get together and just show off what they've made. Like, it's a time to basically brag. Hmm. So basically put on your best and... I smell knickknacks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Flint definitely wants to get, like, not particularly to... He, does, he wants to get there, not particularly to show off, but, like, gets... Just have fun and buy some stuff. Yeah. Sure. I want to go uh, and do that. He's he's All been right. a little stressed out. Uh I mean I mean not really stressed out. He's just been kind of you can tell he's distracted mm-hmm. by something. The so past he, couple of, like, of cool months have been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. It's been a, a wild time. Like you guys Roverth, you did get a message um from Lord because obviously you guys came back and talked yeah, to him. Yeah, and I would have talked to him, yeah. Um, you did get a message. He thinks he's very close to figuring out where this map stone leads to. Okay. It's just a matter of figuring, trying to figure out how old it is so that he can use available maps of the time. Um, yeah, Rover's not that smart. He's just going to say, keep going at it. And let me know when you got anything. <laughs> um, all right. Well... Yeah, you guys go, and it is, it's just this awesome, it's just a really cool street fair kind of deal. Um, because in, in kobold religion, or the religion of Kugmerk more specifically, um, even something as baking bread can be a artisanal craftsmanship. Oh, heck yeah, baking's a freaking art. Exactly. Um, and something I definitely think Flint would know um, is that 
cobalt art is how well something's made. Um, like that's what they consider art. This is for all intents and purposes, a, an amazing street festival of artwork, even down to the fair food. Flint wears his, uh, his, uh, magical ring of bullshit. (laughs) I can't remember. The, uh, uh, Yes. Miracle of Artifice. We haven't gone over this. Um, at 14th level, Flint, as an artificer, was able to create a legendary item that only he can attune to. It's freaking amazing. I get my... Uh, <laughs> right now, my constitution is a 19. And so, like, my hit, point, my hit points are ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, well, compared to what they were, they're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's still less than Margo's. Uh, how much does Margo have? Which like 140 or something? Uh, my maximum hit points were, I think they got messed with because it's 90. It says it's 95, but I know that's more than that. Yeah, I think when you were being injured, you were accidentally lowering your maximum. Yeah, I think it was like 114. Was what it ended yeah. at. Flint does have more than me now. But anyway. Um, yeah, so you guys are there. Obviously, everybody is very... Like, well, how does everyone dress? How are you carrying yourselves? I know that Flint's wearing uh, his fancy ring. I'm going to get... Did we ever get any, like, fancy party clothes ever? I can't remember. I, I don't know. Um, Flint, in the few days between when we got back in to when we where we were going to this, Flint went out and bought uh, some nicer clothes. You can just say you bought nice clothes. I mean, we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Roberts. I don't think we have to like go through it. You got the money for it. Yeah, Roberts gonna <laughs> also get some some fancy outfits for uh, himself for for fine occasions, and uh, it's just the the sole equivalent of, like, a three-piece suit. Yeah, the way to think of it is you're, you're I mean, the, the fashion of the time is what the fashion of, like, Andrew Jackson, you know, that era of American history. Yeah, I'm just like... That's the fashion of the time. So, like, those high necks and stuff like that. I am that. British nobling it up right now. Oh my, I just looked it up because I wasn't sure what that was. Including the powdered wig. Absolutely not. Just of mess with well, Flint. Powder wig was not in style. Oh. No, no. In the 1830s. Okay, well then never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the high neck and high waist uh, suits. Um, the vests are always double breasted, but they, the, the actual like neckline of the vest comes way down. Yeah, yeah. R- 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 um, R- so, how is that. Flint? How how are Flint and Margot dressed? I'm looking up a girl version because, ooh, Margot would don a dress, and it would be right. emerald green and short sleeves. None of this, none of this nonsense of uh, these gigantic sleeves, Lord. 
Yeah. She'd Those be wearing sleeves, sleeves are very poofy. Jesus. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but Margot would have a dress on because she doesn't get to do that very often. Yeah. And, you know, some of the art, like, there's there's painters and cooks and bakers and blacksmiths and jewelry makers and poets. Um, the poets are... Most of the ones you see are not kobolds. Some of them are, but they're much younger kobolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margot, because you have a much closer relationship with the happenings of the city, mm-hmm. you know that growing up in human society, uh, the younger kobolds tend to be much more loosey-goosey about what is, like, important. You know, like what helps the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the older more traditional kobolds are very much so a like, no, a chair is helpful. A poem is not helpful. No. It's art, mom. You don't understand. <laughs> what happened to raising the spirits? So, since we're focused on Rovarth, um, what kind of things are you looking for? I am looking for little course they're more practical than anything so you know what i'm looking for fine glassware all right um you easily find a stall that is glassware and i'm specifically looking for do they have any like like steins or like anything of that nature oh yeah no, they they have steins. They they actually, you know how like the metal steins have like the little lid on them. Yeah, they have that, but made out of this exquisite crystal. How much? Remember, it just goes. You there? Are those for purchase? <laughs> this younger kobold. Well, you assume younger kobolds live for like 150 years, and they're lizards, so it's a little hard to tell. Yeah. They say, uh, hey there, Tinderfindyardson. Rovarth Mirax. Um, yes, everything here is for sale. That is a favorite of mine, though. I, I would be lying if I said I was hoping nobody would ask about it. It is quite exquisite, the craftsmanship. I'm, I mean, I'm no craftsman myself, but I'm very impressed that you were able to get the lid to function with glass. It was difficult to be able to properly carve the uh, glass in such a way that it would allow for this. Um, although, to be more specific, this is technically crystal. Ah. And it is carved from a solid piece. Again, that is most impressive. Do you have um, a business card or a shop around here that I could perhaps peruse after the festival? Of course. Um, I don't have any cards. Well, just to address. But uh, hold on. He just takes out a piece of paper and writes it down. You see, it's called Tinder's Fireworks. Tinder's Fireworks? Uh, Tinder's Fireworks. It's an interesting name, I will um, I will say. <laughs> there has been a little bit of confusion every now and then, but I already have the sign. Ah, that makes sense. Do you have anything that you would recommend to uh, 
repair a strained relationship with of a romantic <laughs> sort? If I did, I would still be married. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if your um sweetheart is a fan of Steins, this would definitely be hard to resist. How much to uh, properly appreciate this fine art you've crafted? Hmm. Let's say 100 gold. Done. Very well. And for free, a little bit of, of unsolicited advice, you can't always buy forgiveness. Well, it helps get a conversation going. <laughs> this is true. And in that moment, you actually feel a tap on your shoulder. And I'll turn around. You turn around, and there's Sergeant Wen. She does appear to be a zombie. <gasps> hey. What? And she holds up the uh, bird skull with the nail in it. <gasps> what? So, um... The what? What's this about? I... What? Uh... Oh... <laughs> I thought you might like it. Here, this is for you, and I hand her the stein. Oh, God. Oh, no. She looks at it and goes, I'll appreciate this in a moment. You have, you can remove curses, right? That's a thing you told me you were able to do. Oh, I thought that was my bad, and I and I, I cast remove curse. Oh, my God. And she no longer appears or smells like a zombie. Oh, my God. We really need to get someone to identify things. Flint has the identify spell. You never thought to ask Flint? <sighs> it was say, hey, it was a nickname. Is this magic? I... <laughs> oh, Mark. You keep... Wait a second. This was from that same store that... Well, it's a good thing we figured out that Rubik's Cube problem. What? What 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 puzzle box problem? Um, well, I solved the puzzle box before giving it to the kids to make sure that nothing was wrong with it. And a little fey creature popped out, at which point we then made sure that it was going to cause no further harm, reshuffled the puzzle, and gave it to the kids. You're literally going to die without me, aren't you? <sighs> Probably... Why don't we go over there? That halfling over there is selling something called a funnel cake. Let's get one of those. And let's have a conversation. Very well. Before you give me any more presents. I like Sergeant Wen. I turned to... Tinder was his name, right? Or was it just... Yes. These aren't cursed, are they? Certainly not to my knowledge. Okay, if they are, I'll pay you a visit. I mean, I've cursed at them a few times, but that's par for the course. I, just, I give him a wink, and I basically tell him that if anything happens, I'll let you know. And then I, we wander off towards the funnel cake stand. Um, funnel cake, as anyone listening knows, is delicious. Um, and it is also the first time Rovarth's ever had funnel cake. This is... Rovarth just immediately shoves a, a 
like handfuls of it into his mouth. How's he not burning his face off? Usually they give those to you like right off the oil. It's fine. He's got the hit points to spare. <laughs> I'm a, I'm resistant <laughs> to acid damage. It's fire damage. That's the fire. It's hot. Oh, it's the fire um, damage, and my armor's attuned to that. It's fine. It's not your armor. You're eating it. It's fine. His armor grants him resistance to fire. Yeah. Of course, I'm not wearing it at the time because you know. Yeah. It's fine. Um. Yeah. You you basically like take a small bite and like oh my god and you put a whole m- bunch of it in your mouth and you start doing like oh 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 um, um, like you're chewing with your mouth open while like waving at your face. Yeah. It's exactly what's happening with the big alligator and mouth. And Sergeant Wen, make an insight check. Sure. I'm great at these. <laughs> yep. That's uh, par for the course here. Uh, let me go to my skills. Let's go to insights. That's a plus zero. So that's a four. Oh, no. You have no idea whether <laughs> when is charmed by this behavior, annoyed, embarrassed, unaffected. But she's just waiting for you to finish what you're doing so that you can talk. I'm going to, like, rip out a handful and ask her if she wants some. And she takes a small piece of it. And I'll say, careful, it's hot. Oh my god. Oh my god. She she takes that small piece and bites into it. Um she goes So. So. Do you think that Roscoe did what he had to do? No. Okay. Then that's a start. Starting to realize it's time to think more about what we can do to make this place better for all of us instead of just ourselves not often I get reflective like that but I know too many times doing things that make me uncomfortable it's about time I start doing things that make me feel better about what it is we're doing and uh hadn't been doing that so you know Hilda looks at you like a hero, right? Some days I feel like it, and other days I feel like I'm just along on a crazy ride with just trying to keep these two children safe. My my father was a drunk, a violent drunk. So I don't know what it's like to look at a father figure in your life and think that they are a good person, that they're a hero, that they can do anything. But I think maybe going forward, you need to ask yourself, how would Hilda feel about me doing this? What kind of person would Hilda become if I set this example? I need to honor the legacy better. And she puts her her hand on your hand and says, You're mortal. We we fuck up. 
you know, you've been doing a good job, I think. But you can be a big damn hero. Or you can just be a soldier. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you which to be, and I'm not going to tell you which I would prefer. But I do believe you're doing the best you can. And she squeezes your hand. I'm going to try and use this opportunity to pull her in for a quick hug. Um, Unless she's uncomfortable with that, in which case I won't. Make a quick insight check. Okay. It's like, I'm, I'm going to respect her boundaries, damn it. Well, the dice didn't hate me on that one. Ten. <laughs> Ten. Um, you think she might be, like, if you don't pull her into the hug, you think she might be accepting of a hug. Do uh, do you want a hug? Yeah, that'd be okay. Then we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you give each other a hug, and she just a quick one finishes off the uh, funnel cake with you, and it's just ordinary nonsense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily small talk, but kind of. And um, she eventually gets up and is like, "I have to." go back to my shift I understand it was it was nice seeing you here I I hope you had a good time I did um I my shift's over and I'll probably be done with the paperwork in about three hours how about we take Hilda um to one of the parks I think there's gonna be a uh, a play that'll be good I think I'll enjoy that. There's a like alligator grin smile. Aww. Mental note: Tell Flint to screen all artifacts and knickknacks and gifts <laughs> and presents for anything magical or bad before I give it to any member of the family. Just like if I don't say that, like in character to Flint, that is a conversation that is happening. Yeah. Let's go. And. Let's talk about Margot. Okay. Margot, you you haven't seen Roscoe in easily a week. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you haven't really looked for him. No. But you do have your father's sword. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an immaculate weapon. Without any real work, Flint could probably make this magical if you wanted him to. That's kind of dope, actually. And that's just the quality of the sword itself. And you can see, you can tell that this is not the original handle. Um, That it's been repaired over the years. And it is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you trained with him, and he would always use this sword. Mm-hmm. You always... You're just having these memories. You know, you remember how you always used live steel. Got to train with what you're using. Yeah, you, you used a sharpened sword. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing you remember is that whenever he would end up striking you, it would always be the flat of the blade. Mm-hmm. And you never even came close to being able to strike him until... And you're realizing it now. It's not something you thought about a lot as a kid. But you're realizing now that by the time you were even capable of hitting him, mm-hmm. you were skilled enough with this sword. You were aware enough of how dangerous this weapon was that you would only ever hit him with the flat of the blade. Hmm. Kind of a reflex. Yeah. The, you, you didn't even realize that this was something you had learned. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I feel like she would probably go out into, you know, the backyard or somewhere where there's not a lot of mud. <laughs> it would be an exaggeration to say that Rovarth made a big pool. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go into a part of the yard where there's not a hole and uh, start practicing um, with it basically in the way that Yabat had when I was young, kind of mimicking the movements he would when he was practicing. Yeah. Well, and as is the nature of these things, when you were first learning, you learned his style. Mm-hmm. And I, there is a comfort in that, you know? Uh, there is a, a closeness. Um, knowing that if nothing else, even if you had chosen not to take his name as your own, that his memory would have lived on because he taught you. And you're at it for, you kind of get lost in it. You know, you start doing these training motions and it's so familiar to you that you don't even really notice how long it's been. Yeah. Um, and you see... You don't know how long it's been, but you see that Hilda is watching you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. What, what do you do? Basically just, uh, like, hey, Hilda. Yeah? Do you want to come out and learn? Really? Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. that would be amazing. Hold on. <laughs> and she runs inside and she comes out holding. You recognize it as the short sword that uh, Rovarth and Sergeant Wen had bought for her. Uh-huh. And you look at it and you know that the, the sword that Johan had given you uh-huh. when you first started learning was a better quality than this. Mm-hmm. But there is this kind of warrior's first sword aspect to the weapon, you know? Yeah. Um, Because it's not badly made. It's just more ornate than it is anything else. Yeah. Um, And you're you're training. You're running her through the basic stuff. Um, You keep having to stop her every now and then because she wants your... You're not trying to teach her the way that Johan taught you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've grown beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, in teaching her, you realize that at the end of the day, you're a better teacher than he was. 
there's a lot about what he taught you that you're using here, but there's a lot more that you're using that you've learned on your own. Aww. And that letter that he wrote to you means even more in this moment, right? Yeah. You know, that helping to recognize that he was right to say that if you had stayed, you would have, he would have been holding you back. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't want to tell you how Margo feels about how right he is, you know, like about whether that was what Margo wanted. Yeah, I... I think where she might feel like, yes, he was right. She still, it sucks because it hurt and she wishes she could have spent at least, at least not had hard feelings when she left and not felt like she couldn't go home to, to visit him. Um, so there's this, I guess this empty feeling of what could have been that couldn't have happened because of how things uh yeah how things looked um so where she where she feels like she's he was right she still wishes that it was a little different right and you know you're going through this and you're you're teaching Hilda very slowly Mm -hmm. how to use the sword, how to stand, how to, you know, these very basic motions and things like that. Um, and every now and then she gets a little too excited and a little too eager and she missteps or messes up and you, you do calmly and nicely correct her, mm -hmm. you know, and you explain, Hey, if you move that way, you're leaving yourself open. Right. And, and you know, like, this is a familiar thing to you, having been on the other side of this. In the last hour, you've probably corrected her more than she's done something right. Mm -hmm. You know, probably on a 10 to 1 basis. And after a minute, she finally just throws the sword down and goes, why can't I get this? It's okay, you just started. It'll take time. It took me years. And she looks, well, down at you. Mm -hmm. She raises her eyes, but she's still looking down at you because she's like four feet tall. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and you're two and a half feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can see she's holding back tears. And she says, I just... You all are heroes. You you save people. And I just it's stupid. It doesn't matter. No, it's not stupid. What were you gonna say? Um make a persuasion check okay. real quick. Hang on. With your brand new plus 11. <laughs> that will explain soon. Yeah, Margo's the new face. God damn Margo's it. Margo's been the face. Stupid dice. Uh, 13. <laughs> um, she, she mumbles something. 
like she lowers her eyes again, just like looking at her feet, and she mumbles something that you can't quite hear. It's okay, you can tell me. And she looks at you, tears fully streaming down her eyes, and she says, I just... If I was able to fight, maybe my dad wouldn't have had to die. No. Why? Oh, no. Margo's gonna just hug her immediately and just like, no, no. Your dad made a sacrifice to save a lot of people. Even if you were there, he would have... He would have still done that because it was to protect you, too. Yeah, but... Maybe I could have protected him. I think... I don't... I, I don't know what to say to that other than, you know, we were all there and we were trying to, but he saw what he needed to do. I can still teach you. Has Margot told any of the kids about Gnome's Landing? No. No? No. Uh, they just got back. She hasn't, so. Yeah. Um. um she... She looks at your sword, and in what is clearly an attempt to change the conversation, she says, Did you get that on your adventures on Anun? No. Uh, this was my dad's. Um, he was... He was murdered, and when we got back... Uh, to, um, this is Ghidorah, right? Yep. Yeah. When we got back to Ghidorah, we landed in my hometown, Gnome's Landing, and found that he'd been murdered. And so he left me his sword and his name, actually. Um, but that's where, this was his sword. Um, so he taught me using this sword. Um, it's hard to lose your dad. Like, I mean, mine wasn't, he was, a, I guess, a father figure, but I didn't. It's kind of a complicated story, but, you know, and it's hard to lose someone and feel like you, what if I was there to help? But we have to move forward and just kind of honor the part that they had in our life and how it affected us. Um, she sits or stands very quietly for a moment. Um, she, you know, wipes her nose and rubs at her eyes and says, is it okay if we stop for a snack? Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's go get some food. And you go inside and Margot makes peanut butter and banana sandwiches. <laughs> 
um, absolutely wrecks the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, this this just checks out. Somehow, somehow there is syrup everywhere. How? I mean, you have to put some honey or maple on it, too. It can't just be peanut butter and bananas. How did I you swear, get syrup on the ceiling? I swear somewhere Flint's screaming, damn you, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's fun is Rovarth has precedentation, so Rovarth's just like, God damn it, I'm just cleaning this yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spend the next 30 minutes casting this goddamn spell. Well, I mean, Rawl, I'm sure, comes and gets whatever is left out. Rawl just, like, starts licking one of the cabinets, the little monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, you want me to make you one? Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, kids. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Here you go, Rawl. Your own sandwich. You don't have to lick the counter. Yeah, and he... <laughs> he opens the window, but he immediately... He takes the sandwich and wipes it along the counter, puts it in his mouth, crawls out the window, down the side of the house, and then under it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I love it so much. As long as like none of uh Flint Flint's like spicy stuff is ever is everywhere, he's fine. Oh, it's chaotic. Because Flint is one of those people um, that just has a fuck ton of hot sauce. <laughs> oh my god. And with that moment, this particular episode is done. You guys got pluggables? Yeah. Um I have a Twitter, an Instagram, and a TikTok. All are elvenly underscore e. I post art occasionally. Mainly, I scream about things I'm passionate about. So, if you want to listen, see me scream into the void about things I care about, have fun, go forth, play more tabletops. I have a YouTube channel that is Aerosol Prime E R A S Y L space P R I M E, where I play various RPG related uh, games, and sometimes I just play whatever you know I feel like doing. So yeah. I'm Ashley. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter under M Cosplay Clean, posting um a lot about RPGs. Um I imagine uh some artwork um and hopefully some more cosplays now that I have a sewing table set up now. So should be sweet. Check them out. And I have been Eli Royal. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this part of our tale, Traveler. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever fine pods are cast. You can find us online at WePlayRPGs.com, on Facebook and Twitter at WePlayRPGs, and on Patreon at WePlayRPGs Podcast. Your patronage is what keeps this podcast alive.